I'm Kelly Llewellyn. And I'm Greg Homme. And this is Caveman. And Counselor. Well, here we are again, and welcome to Caveman and Counselor, the podcast that delves into the complex world of mental health and recovery, brought to you by marriage and family therapist, Kelly Llewellyn, and me, Greg Homme, your behavioral health advocate. Today, we're going to be talking about binge eating. As always, a quick reminder to our listeners, this podcast is designed for informational purposes only and does not intend to replace professional advice. If someone you know is struggling, we urge you to seek guidance from a qualified professional. Hey, Greg, you know, uh, binge eating disorder affects countless lives, um, often shrouded in shame and misunderstanding. It's really important to understand the uh, disorder's nuances and complexities to destigmatize it and also encourage those uh, dealing with it to get treatment. Uh, So we hope to shed some light on the realities, challenges, and symptoms, um, and then potential pathways to recovery associated with binge eating disorder. We're really fortunate to have a good friend of ours, a recovery coach, David Mallow, who's experienced experienced the battle of binge eating disorder um, firsthand and sharing his journey and insights in overcoming this condition. He is a recovery coach, as I mentioned, and intervention specialist uh, for substance use disorder. So if you're a mental health professional, someone personally affected by an eating disorder, or simply interested in gaining a deeper understanding of this critical topic. This episode is for you. Okay. So get yourself a cup of coffee. Join us as we discuss binge eating disorder. Remember to like, share, and follow Caveman and Counselor and drop us a review. Well, I guess the first question I'd like to ask is uh, your professional experience in treating patients with specific with better or binge eating disorder. But yeah. You know, that's a, something you couldn't not have asked me a few years ago. So when I just let me start back from my childhood, shall I? I was born. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. At home, We don't have time for that. Okay. <laughs> no, but starting back, you know, um, I had been eating disorder myself. I did not realize that at the time. It's not something that we even talked about, but I got a degree in nutritional sciences. And hence, I went to work for what I call now one of the evil empires of weight loss who shall not be named, even if their name is Nutrisystem. So um, basically what they, I, they were trying to help, I understand, but they were actually like most diets um, making binge eating disorder worse because that's what most people I would say with who are in quite large containers oftentimes have. It's a pretty common eating disorder, um, becoming more common and undiagnosed. It's becoming more common because of the... Um, what I'm looking for, because of the myths we have about food and weight loss and all those things, which is basically what any diet is going to tell you. Um, so with that, working unsuccessfully with people with um, many of the patients at that time with undiagnosed binge eating disorder, we didn't even have that in the DSM, then I would see all these patients in Nutrisystem and then I would have a drawer full, one drawer of maintenance clients, and we had oh, a, a um, warehouse full of client files, just full of client files and one maintenance drawer, because 95% of people who diet and lose their weight um, may n- go back, gain the weight back in five pounds more. So I want to talk about binge eating disorder. Binge eating is very specific. It's eating large quantities of food, unable to stop, eating until uncomfortably full, oftentimes doing that secretly, having a lot of shame. Now, not all these folks are in larger containers either. So, um, but many, many folks are. Um, And the way it differs from overeating is, you know, if I have... If I go, we've go to the dinner dinner with the Mallows, okay, and we're over at one of our favorite restaurants, Jillian's, and you know we have pasta, we have the appetizer and pasta, and then they bring out the dessert. I'm just gonna, oh, I just have to have some dessert, even though I'm full and I eat, eat, eat quite a bit of my dessert. I probably overate. I ate more than I needed. I was pretty uncomfortably full. But binge eating is when I'm eating in secretive, and I'm eating without without thought, mindlessly eating. In front of the in front of a screen, usually, right? Uh, my computer, my phone, my TV, um, large quantities of ice cream, cookies, chips, 
for a lot of times we see this in men that it tends to be chicken wings and things that are more that tend to have more meat in them. Um, but that is binge eating disorder. And these folks are really uncomfortably full. Um, and typically they will starve themselves during the day. And the typical thing that I hear when somebody comes in and we first start talking about their, their meal and what they eat, this is a long answer to a short question, Greg, is they will tell me that they never eat breakfast and they're not hungry for breakfast. And then by dinner time they're starving. Well, that's because typically they do starve all day, they restrict all day, and then binge later that day. And that's kind of the difference. That was a lot. That was a lot. You're welcome. All right. Well, we have David here as well. And David, close friends, but could you share a little bit about your personal journey with binge eating disorder and how did it begin and what were the like the early signs of it? Absolutely. Thank you for asking me to come on here to the podcast. Always a pleasure. I really appreciate it. And if you noticed or didn't, um, as Kelly was answering, <clears throat> I was nodding the whole time. Because I could identify with and I can relate to the description of binge eating disorder. And the first thing I thought of was all the diets I tried from the time I was a little kid. I mean, really young, right? Because I was told that uh, um, something was wrong with me because I was in a larger container. Um, I look back, I'm like, I was a cute, pudgy little kid. And I looked healthy and happy. And so I don't know what they're talking about. But at the time, I thought something's wrong and it's what I'm eating and I needed to eat differently, meaning different types of foods. I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't know that uh, um, there was a different way to, to moderate, we'll say. And so anyway, so I'm like on Weight Watchers when I'm a little kid and, and feeling shame when we're uh, shopping at Sears in the Husky department for, you know, bigger boys and things like that. And I, I felt really embarrassed and ashamed of who I was. And that set the tone, which was um, horrible for a lot of other things that were to come um, that included other types of addictions. And um, once I uh, went and got help for those and mastered the other addictions, which was substance use disorder for drugs and alcohol about 18 years ago, um, some years later, I re recognized that, I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Eight and a half, 18 and a half. And so um, then I recognized one day as I was sitting and, and um, talking with some, some wonderful women, I was having fun talking to these ladies and being cute and flirty. But I noticed I was distracted by these cupcakes that were on a plate, right? <laughs> and I'm like, healthy young I'm man. Sorry for no, laughing. you can laugh. You can laugh. Definitely got your priorities <laughs> headed towards that. And outcome. I realized like something was up. There was another thing that, that happened as well, and that was I, I was smoking, right? I was smoking cigarettes. And I was walking one day and I felt uncomfortable and I said, You can't be a fat smoker. That's what I told myself. So I quit the smoking, yeah. but I kept eating the same way, right? So finally I went yeah. and I got help for my binge eating disorder and I was shown a different way. And it really helped um to uh, help me to get myself back. You know, the, the one thing that I made up my mind that I was going to do was I was going to listen and take direction and make changes and not be ashamed of myself. I made that conscious decision. I'm not going to be ashamed of who I am. And then I started to learn how to do things differently. I learned that diets didn't work. Um, and that was obvious to me. And they were just all really strong, aha moments and i once i grasped those tools and i was you know able to turn it around well i suspect even even in the recovery side of it there's still triggers and and or signs that that you're kind of slipping back in like really quickly i i think it's um it's got to be one of the hardest because <laughs> you don't have to smoke weed you don't have to shoot dope you don't have to drink you know, you don't you don't necessarily have to have sex, but boy, you got to eat. So it's so it's something that's like <laughs> it's a primal thing that you just have to figure it out. How what are kind of like triggers or as you're on the recovery path, how do those show up for you? That's a great question, Greg. Um, and you're 100 percent correct when it comes to 
moderation versus abstinence. I'm great with abstinence. If I know I can't do something, I know exactly what I need to do. And then I just don't have one. Like I won't have a cigarette, even if it looks good to me. Um, But moderation, I'm not so good at. And so it really is just a matter of being conscious and setting. For me, I set an intention every morning when I wake up and tell myself I'm going to be aware of who I am and what's going on around me. The type of things that would want to make me eat are generally would be more stress for me. I know it may be different for for others, but for me, it's when things are stressful. I have, I call it like a a little mousetrap in my head and every morning it resets itself. And so I have to set it back. But when the stress comes snap, my brain will tell me what used to work for me was was just to eat something and feel better. I just know it's not going to work for me or it'll be temporary and then I feel shamed again. So I just, I go a lot slower in my thinking process during the day, but the things that trigger me are generally stress oriented. Um, on top of that would be, um, I have to watch out for over elation, right? If I get really excited and I'm really happy and my sports uh-huh. team won and I'm woo, yeah. right, real excited, then if feel I'm feeling really good. So it's the opposite of that, that stress um, feeling. Right. Um, and I have to watch out during those times, but see through practice, I'm aware of that. I'm paying attention. And then the last thing is, um, would be uh, either sadness, uh, lonesome, grief, those kind of things. And I'm aware if something like that's coming, then I can um, pick up my my tools and do so. I can write about it or pray over it. I can call somebody. Um, There's different Mm -hmm. things that I've put into play that help to to remedy those those feelings. Well, that's... (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. Is there something I'm just curious like like with most people that struggle with some form of addiction there's a tipping point or that one thing that you realize Jesus Christ I got a problem. So what is it is it work the same way for eating disorders and where you realize that you have to do something? Honestly, the longer that I do the the longer that I'm working on all of those um all of those different disorders they're identical, yeah. right? They're right. identical. I right. mean, I can I can eat uh-huh. too much and feel impaired, right? Just like right. like well, drinking. Sure. So, quick story. You know, I have more stories than Disney, but what brought me to a feeling of relapse last time was <clears throat> in my profession. I work as a recovery coach. We do intervention and so on. I had something that's uh-huh. known as compassion fatigue. Just was uh-huh. I had a lot on my plate. And um, right. I went to visit some friends over in the Las Vegas area and found myself eating a lot and I wasn't hungry and I recognized it. And so I went back to um, I went back to my therapist of choice, which happens to be Kelly. I went back to Kelly oh. and I said, you know what? Um, and I sat down and actually I remember I started crying. And, and and the crying wasn't frustration or sadness. I was like, ah, I'm safe again. I, I knew <laughs> I was at a place where I was going to get help because I'd been helped before. And I knew where right, to go and right. what to do again. The first right. time I didn't. So so those triggers came to me in the form of stress again. And then uh-huh. I said, I just need a, a day off or a couple of days off. I'm going to go see mm-hmm. some friends. And I went to see some friends out in that area. And I'm like, you know eating my way through the mini bar and buffets and and I wasn't Mm -hmm. even enjoying it. And I recognized Mm -hmm. it. It was like a, it was, you know, some people call it an out of body experience. It was just an awareness, a heightened awareness that, that this was, this was not, this wasn't healthy. And I was doing something to hurt myself more instead of getting help for the things that the underlying causes and conditions that were making me reach out for the food. And I, there's another trigger that you didn't mention, which I'd like to point out, which is people with um, who in larger containers have been told not to eat. And one of the most important thing you can do to avoid a pinch is to eat three meals a day and a couple snacks so we don't get so hungry that when something emotional does hit that we just have we don't have the ego strength to then make a different choice. Because that's definitely, there are two kinds of binges. There's a physiological binge where the person is eating because they just did not eat enough food that day. I mean, if I go, if I leave the house with a bowl of cereal and I don't get home that night till five o'clock, 
I'm headed straight for the refrigerator. <laughs> I'm going to have as many carbohydrates as quickly as I can because I am so hungry. That's just a physiological binge. And then if we have the, um, a, a bad day um, and we didn't eat, then it's just, it's you know, everything's out of order. So it can really make a big difference. And that's why I think this intermittent fasting is so dangerous mm -hmm. that people are doing because it's setting people up for that disease process who are prone for that, which is actually most of us because most of us will binge when we are not um, given food. I mean, that's just starvation studies have shown, have shown that, uh, that not eating produces binging. Can I turn the tables a minute, Greg, and ask you a question? I placed okay, it. Okay, because you were in recovery for binge eating mm -hmm. disorder, you are currently in treatment. Mm -hmm. And what have you learned are the triggers, most important things for you in order to stay, you know, to stay out of trouble, to keep, to take care of yourself? Uh, well, relatively new to it. Uh, but it, it's just, have, just having conversations with people that uh, understand it. Because it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> because it's like there's always the the uh, so, solution is very simple, but getting to it is a is a hard hard trip. What I struggle with is planning. I'm I'm little I'm a spacey person. I don't do a lot of planning, um, and the to kind of to to make sure that I'm full or not starving throughout the day. Requires me to plan a breakfast mm -hmm. and a snack and a lunch and a snack and dinner. And that's like, that's really new to me because I've just used to, uh, you know, having not, ha sometimes not having breakfast, having mm -hmm. coffee or, mm -hmm. or something else. And, you know, so part of it's like a behavioral change. And it, that takes work for me because I'm, 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 uh, the only thing I'm consistent is, is in consistency. Okay. So for so, you. So for you, it's, What's that? for you, what you're saying is that regularly feeding yourself, making sure you're having yeah. good solid and meals it, so you don't end yeah. up binging. And that's it, the weird part about it is just taking a perspective of like, I'm taking, I should be taking care of myself, you know, mm -hmm. that I should be taking care of my container mm -hmm. and making the effort to invest time in that because I'm the type I know David is too, that would give you the shirt off their back mm -hmm. if they could, you know, but this, but the other thing I have to learn is like, we'll make sure I have a shirt too because it's important. And it's just not a selfish thing. It's like respecting yourself. And that's, I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, I'm in a, our office. They drink all kinds of stuff in here. And, you know, <laughs> I look at the fridge and I'm like, there's a piece of cake in there. And I think it's calling my name. <laughs> and, you know, so it's just, just, making processes where you're not setting yourself up to fail. Mm -hmm. I think David's really, the point too is like, yeah, you're going to slip, but you can run back to home. And it, and it doesn't mean that all is, that it's all wrecked and, it, and then, you know, everything's damaged. It just means that just you got to kind of reset yourself. And let me, let me drive that point home real quick. You can reset mm -hmm. immediately, right? Yeah. I don't have to, well, <laughs> yeah. I... I overdid it or I didn't do this correctly. So tomorrow, I don't have to wait till tomorrow. Thank you for saying I this. I got so that from you. Then. That's mm -hmm. why you like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you over, yeah, eat the I next got meal. It from you. Have the well, next snack. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, in a reset, but see, then the other side of that is you start, you get the efforts. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. well, I did this. So, what, it's what so today is shot, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and then tomorrow, you know, we'll reset tomorrow and then you don't make a proper choice tomorrow and it's like and that 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 behavior i i know very very well that's how you just kind of you turn yourself off to it not like that's not having that personal accountability would you explain because not everybody's going to understand when you say making a proper choice tomorrow they're going to think that that means broccoli chicken and half a cup of rice for no, lunch would you which, explain what well, <laughs> what's that the funny is? part about it. it's, it's not, not even that. about what you're it's not what you're eating right that you just should be eating, you know, a breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. That's what you. It, it's like within range. I mean, but there's no no foods that you shouldn't eat or you shouldn't do this. It's not about that. It's just being basically being in touch with your your hunger, feeling your hunger level, mm -hmm. 
and also your emotional hunger level and see where you're at. And, and if you're going to, if you're eating because of, um, you need um, emotional eating, just acknowledge it. Cause it, it, it doesn't, uh, the, that's the part of it is it's like, if you're counting calories, you're, you're counting the wrong thing. <laughs> what do you think? And, Dave? And it, I, <laughs> I love it because I'm sitting here and reviewing having yeah. <clears throat> when, when I went for help for this, right. I was being mm -hmm. told, that, you know, someone was looking at the meal I made myself and saying, well, that's not enough. And I think, what? I knew like, I wasn't what? being tested, but that's not enough. Uh -huh. What'd you have for breakfast? I had a banana and um, another piece of fruit, an apple or something. And it was like, well, where where was your protein? You know, where, yeah. where was the rest of your meal, for God's sakes? Yeah. So I used to, as Kelly was describing, I used to never... For years, I never ate breakfast. I never skip breakfast anymore, ever. Thank you. It's, yeah. Yep. Thank you. I get up in the morning. Thank it's you. a, you know, that's a very, it's yes. the plan is I am definitely, I'm not going to skip this meal. It's the most important meal of the day. It is. And it and is. It, for, uh -huh. it, even more so because if it I is. skip that, lunch could be next. And by two o'clock, most people don't like being around me. <laughs> Especially your wife, I, and she loves you. Unless you're oh, eating. Yeah, I'm real grumpy because I'm hey. hungry. I'm yeah. starving my body out, and it shuts down. Yeah. But I, I realized I needed to actually eat more often. And when I did that, my body responded in kind. Um, I had more energy. I felt better, and I started very, very slowly shrinking. And that was the other thing. I don't weigh myself. Um, I don't. I'm no. I'm in no hurry. And I'm I'm slowly shrinking, which is great. I'm not trying to get anywhere faster. I'm just doing the right thing, and I'm getting the results for it. Health. Interesting fact, you know, people who lose more than if you lose one pound of if you lose one pound a week, David, that's seventy five percent adipose or fat tissue, and um, twenty five percent other stuff. So you lose really three fourths a pound. If you lose two pounds a week, that's 75% of other stuff and only 25% of adipose tissue, you actually lose less fat by losing two pounds a week as opposed to one pound a week. Isn't that interesting? It's really interesting. Yeah. But we do recommend people starting off with binge eating disorder to not worry about that. I mean, some people don't believe in weight loss at all for people with binge eating disorder, but just try to stop binging and regulating the meal so the person, so it's not the slow climb up anymore. <laughs> it's the level off for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, and also that just kind of eating that way, it's just so hard on your body. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weight is bad. It's not great. But it's not the worst thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just all that stress, you know. That's, that's one of the biggest right. killers, really, is the stress. It be so when you're when it became way down on the list. It was always the reason that I changed the way I was eating. It was always that four-letter word diet was so I could lose mm -hmm. weight. And then it went way mm -hmm. down the list. It became so I could mm -hmm. have good mental health, so I felt good about myself, so I could love me and be just be okay with me and what's going on with me. And that all started with saying, I'm not going to do this to lose weight. That's a side benefit. I like it. I love when someone says, hey, are you losing weight? And I get to say, I don't know. I think I'm shrinking. <laughs> My clothes fit great. differently. I don't really know. And maybe David. they tell me that they're doing something for themselves or uh -huh. what have you. And that's great. Yeah. And then I can make it about them. But just I wanted to feel better. I told you this Las Vegas story. I felt like miserable. I felt really bad lots of shame was angry with myself etc i don't feel any of those things anymore because i put the mental health aspect of it first i just wanted dave, to be better david can did you tell in the last podcast did you tell the story about being in the gym and being asked if you got the results you wanted <laughs> i may have I love that it's story. it's a good story it's great. Uh, there was a, it's a great story. yeah there was a personal trainer who came over to me and, you know, doing his job, he was looking for, for another client, of course. And he said, um, are you getting, are you finding the results in the gym that you're looking for? And I said, yeah, I sleep better. I'm managing stress. Um, I like myself better. You know, just everything is coming to me that I want. Right. And I'm sure he was looking for numbers. 
Are you losing mm-hmm. this? Are you gaining that? Are you, you know, those kind of things. Your biceps, all that it's, stuff. It was all, it's all the mindset. And, and I still go to the gym three times a week. And I walk at least a couple of days a week. I do that because I sleep better and it manages stress better. And my brain slows down and I'm more comfortable in my own skin when I do those things. I don't, I don't go there to, to get the numbers. So Greggy, uh, you know, you've mm-hmm. been learning about this in your, in your journey. You've been learning about this in your journey, Greg. Yeah. Yes, your journey. Uh, you've been Are learning. Are we doing PBS yes, voices? Yes, we're learning about our journey. Or NPR. So, <laughs> okay. So on your journey, Greg, you've been learning yes. about what makes a male. And David, you are an expert at this. Maybe the two of you can gab about what actually makes something a male. What are the components you need? Well, we don't gab. Okay. We have important conversations. Okay. I have important conversations no, about this. No, it's just, it's like, it's uh what I know is that it's just a balanced meal, which basically is fats, carbohydrate, and protein. And, you know, and that's basically <laughs> it. I mean, you can get your food chart out and you can, you know, get your little box or your deal a meal, or, but it's just kind of, you know, that's... And it, 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 the irony is, at some level, this is so simple. Yes, but so hard. <laughs> and it's, well, wait, wait, wait. But it's it's kind of like the program, yeah. other programs. It's kind of counterintuitive. You know, it's like if you really want something, you got to give it away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if if you really want to feel better, and if you want to, part of your goal is to feel better and be mentally stable, and and you know, and maybe lose some weight, maybe lose some weight. It's just like. Just follow this simple guide mm-hmm. and don't, don't every other little book you have is just toss it out. Cause it's like, but the other part I think is super important is you got to be accepting of where you're at mm-hmm. and be okay with that too. Oh, lovely. You know, because mm-hmm. if, if it, you're, if it's self-hatred or you hate how you look, you know, it's like at some point you got to like accept that that's where you're at right now. And, and it, it might change, it might not change, but you sure feel better. And that's ultimately, I, I made a, a, a deal with myself. I was going to go to the gym X amount of times. And after I went after that X amount of times, if I didn't feel any better, I decided if I was going to keep going or not. <laughs> but that's really motivatory. But that's kind of, kind of the same thing with this. It's like you just, you just like ease up on yourself, just do something consistent. And just have a balanced meal, and the results you get will will be surprising, David. Because yeah. but it's counterintuitive of everything you've ever been told. We, David, it sounds like he's saying have a balanced meal and throwing a little self compassion. He yeah. is, and I, I wanted to I wanted to touch on something that Greg really briefly touched on earlier that's so important, and that is listening for hunger cues. I had to relearn. Yes. I had to relearn <laughs> that. But besides having that that balanced meal and and taking care of yourself and being compassionate, am I hungry? And at first, I I wasn't sure. You know, yeah. I'm, like I could <laughs> always eat. That was my answer, right? Uh-huh. Well, how hungry are you, right? Because that that determines how much do I really need to eat, right? And if I feel really hungry, I need to eat. I love it when I ask my wife. Are you hungry? And she answers, what time is it? <laughs> and, I, and I always go, time to eat, I guess, because I'm hungry. <laughs> so it really, and it is interesting how um, I think as a culture, we're taught you eat at this time, this time, and this, so is it lunchtime? Doesn't matter, I'm hungry. I remember one time um, asking Kelly about, you know, a snack at night and you said something, I have bread and butter. I have something that makes me comfortable. It's where a lot of people would say, bread, you eat bread and butter. That's bad. It's not bad. It's good because I'm hungry and I want something to eat. And my body's telling me that. Is it because I'm feeling peckish? I have the munchies. I want to, you know, sit and eat something that's crunchy or which isn't bad either. But um, there's a time and a place, right? So if I'm hungry, I got to eat. It's just that simple, that's right. and that's okay. That's right. There's no bad food. And, no, and down in the comments, you can learn. The listener can learn about this. One of my favorite TED talks on this was eight years ago by 
Eve Lahijani, I probably killed her name. She did a TED Talk at UCLA called Trust Your Hunger and Make Peace with Food. Eve, I use that all the time um, for our program, um, Binge Eating Disorder. You do a girl, she does a great job of talking about like, like my favorite thing that she says, guys, it's speaking of time to eat, is she says she's in this presentation, she said, okay, well, it's about lunchtime. And many of you are thinking, I'm hungry. What's going to be for lunch? And some of you are thinking, I really need to use the bathroom. Where is that? Because we're at a conference, right? And she said, when you go off to go eat, you won't ask yourself, you'll ask yourself, some people will ask themselves, well, is it lunchtime? Is it time to eat? But none of you will ask yourself, well, is it my regular bathroom time? Should I now go to the bathroom? <laughs> but because it's the same elementary canal, which is a crazy part, the food comes in the same place and goes out basically the same area. But we don't question the exit, but we question the entrance because we don't, we've learned not to listen to our hunger cues. And back when I worked for the, the, um, the, um, evil empire of weight loss, um, weight loss, and I was getting ready to leave and become a high school teacher, I would tell people about this book. And this book's been written, same title, like 50 different, different people have written the same book. It was called back then in the 1980s, Diets Don't Work. And he really described back then how binge eating disorder developed. So, you know, if you feel like ice cream at 10 a.m. and you're really, really hungry and that's what you want, uh, but honestly, most people at 10 a.m. aren't going to want ice cream, mm -hmm. you know? So um, they just uh, want to eat something, a real meal. So thank you for that, gentlemen. Greg, I turn it back over to you. Well. <laughs> I know, hard to believe. Mm -hmm. I, I know. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So, I mean, overall, what's like the, the coping mechanism is just kind of what? I mean, what you're talking about. So, so the stress comes along, those triggers comes along. I don't know, maybe you've touched on it, but I'm, I'm not exactly that clear about it. So like, is it just like, I'm hungry and I'm gonna eat or what? Or is it just you free from all of that background noise? Does that make sense? It does make sense. The first, my knee jerk response is balance. Right, first, right. I, I need balance in my life and, and, and that takes practice. You know, knowledge yeah. is great, but it's really where my feet are at that shows that I'm that I'm utilizing that those skills, right? So when I get up in the morning and I have breakfast, and there's some a couple things I do: check work email, what have you, <clears throat> and then I exercise, right? And that's part of my balance day as well. And um, you know, from there, there's other things that are work-oriented, recovery-oriented, family-oriented, and fun. You know, what am I doing for fun today? Because a lot of times you can forget about that. But through practice doing that, uh, my triggers um, have become uh, more muted, if you will. They just aren't as strong. I can recognize them and pause and just take a deep breath. And, and do I want to act on them? No. I do, I do. And as you mentioned, you could be forgiving about it. But it's not it's not about being perfect. Right? It's it's about progress, not perfection. And so the triggers just aren't as strong anymore, Greg. It's you know, when they come, they come, I recognize them. I generally don't act on them because I, I can tell that um, you know, I'm just feeling like uh fi filling time. Or I'm anxious, so that might, you know, let me lean on something. But it's not, it's not going to help me anymore get past what I'm feeling by leaning on something that I really don't want to mm -hmm. do. So it doesn't happen mm -hmm. as much. Um, there's also I wanted to talk a little bit about <clears throat> uh, the type of food that I keep in the house or not. I've mm -hmm. I had to experiment. I used to call. Um, <laughs> I used to call sweets, especially chocolate, chocolate the dragon. <laughs> Kelly said, let's just call it a sweet tooth. And I was like, no, it's a dragon. <laughs> it's really powerful. She it said, must be slayed. You're, you're yeah. giving it. I got to take a ride on the dragon. She said, you're giving it a little too much power. And you were right. You You'll were right. Up. And so it's, it is a sweet tooth. And I've learned to recognize that too. So I, I started to bring some things into the house that you know, people would would call um, bad food, 
right? Which the, mm-hmm. I said mm-hmm. earlier, there's no bad food. But I brought snack foods in, things like that. And I allowed myself to have some in the house. At first, I just scared of them. I was really afraid yeah, to do that sure. because I'm like, that's going to bring on a full relapse if I have a little bit of that. I'm going to be riding down to what I call the crack house, the Circle K. <laughs> and I'm going to start riding dirty. Getting those Skittles. I'm going to be riding dirty, baby. Yeah. <laughs> riding with some chips and saltines. Yes, exactly. And, Goddamn spray yeah, cheese. Well, and that's I'm that's going just deep. the salty part, right? Then there's the sugar. There's <laughs> right. the sugar. So I allow yeah. myself to have some of those things in the house and- you know, and and I should, but it it became experimental. So I overdid it a little bit for a while and realized there was, you know, there was more sugar in the house really than I wanted, and it bothered me. So I cut back, but I still have some. And so through through a process of experimentation, I realized what you know I, I should have chips in the house. So I do. I got single bags, and if I want one, I'll have one. <laughs> if I really want a second one, I'll have that one. You mean the real single serving size? Yes, the one ounce. Yes, that really helps a lot. <laughs> the little yes. kid size. And you might even have two, David, yes. but that is not a binge. No. That's No, a and it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it. It feels like I satisfied mm-hmm. that desire to have them. Mm-hmm. And before I have one or two, that's the thought process of, do you really want it? Is it necessary? You know, are you hungry? Are you, it's okay to have it. It's okay to have it. And the same thing with sugar, which is more powerful over me than the salty things are to have some of those things in my house so that if I want some ice cream, I can have it. It started with me going out for ice cream because it was a nice event. You know, let's go out and have an ice cream cone. Mm -hmm. And I found that by eating it mindfully and slowly and thinking about it, that a scoop of ice cream was plenty. It kind of got boring towards the end of the first scoop or before it was like, I never eat ice cream. And by the way, I'm never eating ice cream again. This is what the lie I tell myself, right? So (laughs) might as well have a big Sunday, right? That kind of a thing. I treat myself because, you know. Um, And And so now it's just- That's important. Yeah, now it's a scoop about the the size of this microphone. Mm -hmm. Tastes good. And like I said, by the end, you can't really taste it much anymore anyway. And I feel really pleased with myself. And of course, the ice cream was good. So then I started to bring some into the house. And I'm able to do that, but I had to work myself to that. So can I ask you guys both a question? No. Um, I'm going to take over again. (laughs) So is there a specific moment or incident that, well, you talked about it, David, that made you realize you needed help? And was that with the ladies with the cupcakes? Or was there a different specific moment you realized you needed help? No, that was, well, you know, we don't have enough time in the podcast. I had aha moments, but the time that where I surrendered, where I said, you know what, those dec- those decades of being miserable over the container I was in, because that's really what it was about more than the more than the eating. I didn't despise myself, so it it really it was that particular time that I realized I was like, I this is an addiction for me. It's an addiction, and it's it's loud and clear to me that I need to do something different if I want to get a different, if I want to get to a different place and, and have a benefit from that. So that that was a big aha, I never noticed it before. I really never just had this um, clear recognition that you know my brain was different. It was just going back and forth between them and them. You know, and I went, whoa, and I, I had that Moment and for me, what what happened was I actually uh, full disclosure. I I went in to see Kelly for s- something other than getting help for a binge eating disorder, and I saw a brochure, like a little flyer brochure, and I picked it up. It said diets don't work, and it went boing. And so when Kelly came out of her office, I said, "When do I start this?" I didn't know anything about it. I made an instant decision. I was going to do whatever it takes, and that's for, that was for me. You know that I needed mm-hmm. that. So that was fantastic. I remember that yeah. moment. So I'm hoping I do. Remember I'm hoping that. I'm able to do that by carrying the message to other people that maybe they mm-hmm. don't understand that that could be something that they're going through, because otherwise they're going to go to a diet and diets don't work. Real quickly, because I, I wanted to make sure I got this out. One of the other evil empires, I was a Jenny Craig dropout at a, in my early 30s. 
Congratulations. I went there, and when I went in front of the counselor, <laughs> the cute little girl scout, uh, she was about 20 years old, and she said, so how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing pretty good. And she said, you want to kind of go over what a day looks like for you? And I said, oh, sure. I save all the food for dinner. <laughs> That's what I did. And I didn't I didn't know. Right. I'm glad you laughed. Identifying laugh there because that's exactly what I was doing. I didn't eat the breakfast. I didn't eat the snacks. I didn't eat the lunch and I didn't eat the second snack. I ate all the dinner and the snacks for dinner. All the food they you gave me for a full day energy as because much. I was hungry. So I would, yes, I would starve totally. all day to know that I was going to get enough food at 6 or 7 p.m. And she said, oh, honey. <laughs> she did? At 20? Oh, yeah. Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be bad. Gregorio, was there a moment for you? Uh, I think kind of, yeah. I had I've gone, I'd say in the past six or eight months, I've kind of gone for a, like a metamorphosis in some sense and got some like a realization about some other behaviors I had that didn't quite make sense to me. And uh, also, too, it's just that I don't I want to take care of myself. I don't want to feel bad about myself anymore or how I look or and the part that I hate the most of is, is that, but I'm resigned to the fact that any solution is going to take time. Mm. <laughs> and part of the thing is I, you know, I don't really want to, you know, I don't want to put a lot of time. I want a quick fix. And, and it's just come to the realization. It's just that, well, for me, it's like my neuro pathway needs to get reset in a, in a lot of different areas and mainly in, in, eating as well you know so it's like it's so easy to fall back in the other behavior because that's that's the path of least resistance of my little coconut so it's just it, all of this takes time and effort so and but having like like david is like a gem to me and really and as a, as a close friend and so in a lot of the stuff he talks about i'm like i totally relate with i mean um, so I don't, I don't think there's a moment, but it's just a, an accumulation. Mm -hmm. Plus I'm, I turned 60 and I'm really kind of worried about my health now. I mean, I always been, it's a lurking thing, but I'm like, Jesus, if I don't do something now at 70 is going to really suck and 80 mm -hmm. is going to be unbearable. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's just, just my perspective is like some realities of like, you know, Either you make interventions now or they'll be made for you medically later that will not be cool or anything I want to do. So I guess that that's a long yeah, explanation. Yeah. Uh, guys, I would like to know from both of you, David, you're in the later stages. You've been doing this for a while. Uh, Greg, this is still relatively new for you. Um, how do you manage to rebuild a healthy relationship with food? And do you still struggle with it? Okay, quest, first part of the question is very slowly. Mm, mm -hmm, That's how mm -hmm. I did it. That's well said. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I did it very slowly, and I did it with compassion, as Greg touched on. Be That's great. Uh, because I got to a point, too, I'm a little bit older than Greg. I know I look absolutely amazing, but I'll be sick. I'll be 63. Do. Jesus Christ, what is your 63. secret? Holy cow. Um, Boy, you two are both so old. Really good moisturizer and clean living. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good moisturizer. We can, you we can talk later. We can talk later. Yeah, it's expensive, yeah. but I'm worth it. Oh, oh well, totally. You're worth it. You're worth it. I had, this, I had the same feeling. I, I thought the same thing. It's yeah. like uh, either I intervene or the doctors are going to later and you know, I would always tell myself, well, you're fat, but you're fit, right? You're doing a lot to help yourself. Well, there's more that I could do that um, is important. So th that that hit me. And then I said, you know, do you love yourself? And I'm like, yeah. And some of the stuff that I've been able to do too is, you know, outside of food is, you know, just try to be kind, being kind to people and doing some volunteer work here and there. It's built my self-esteem and even carrying the messages I mentioned earlier about how, how to get healthier for me, what's worked for me to try to help other people if they want that. 
Um, so really, really slowly is, and, and with compassion has been the way that it's, it's um, <clears throat> come for me. Uh, I also, mm. as I mentioned earlier, a couple of times, you know, I went to get help and I, with complete surrender, stayed, stayed for that help. I said, you know, I'll just get a couple of weeks tune up. <laughs> I'll be an oh my goodness i got beat up on in such a loving way that you know there was there was a whole lot of uh, yeah. pink auras sent my way for a couple of months and i kept telling myself if you love yourself you will continue to work on practicing look all the best uh all the best athletes and the best musicians get there early and stay late and practice mm, practice practice mm -hmm. um practice. anything mm -hmm. that i'm pretty good at today i wasn't so great at naturally or when i started so by practicing you know the, the knowledge mm -hmm. um of what i was given that has helped me a lot and the second part of the question is um do you still struggle with it no I don't oh, struggle with nice. it. You know, Greg asked a great question about triggers. They're still there, but um, I mm -hmm. don't have any, I wouldn't call it a struggle at all. I would call it, That's wonderful. yeah, I would call it, I'm hyper aware, <clears throat> mm -hmm. but I'm also hyper vigilant about, okay. yeah, about what I said, uh, not, not being perfect, um, forgiving myself if, you know, for whatever I'm doing. And I haven't really had any episodes of binging in almost a year. What That's I would call binge David. eating. There's one issue I had, well, I'll share real quickly, was I was restricting and I fought professionals. <laughs> I went to a place, I spent time, which, you know, you could always make money. Money's not a big deal. Time is so valuable. And I was spending the time and I was still fighting Kelly and her wonderful staff about these restricting. It's like, eat the bread. I'm like, I am eating the bread, but I don't want all the bread. I want what's in the sandwich, right? So I'm saving myself. They're like, wow, this guy. And I realized, and as somebody who works as a coach, I realized I was being that client, right? I was <laughs> that, that guy. guy. I know, I was the defiant guy who was like, you know, I'd like leave here sometimes and go, God, they're so rough on me, you know? Dang that. Well, <laughs> they made me yeah, eat they the made bread. Me eat God the, damn exactly. it. Yeah. Well, Greg knows nothing about defiance. So asking you that question, Greg, um, as you're, how are you managing to build a healthy relationship food, with food? And what are you still struggling with? Don't even tell Greg to oh, have a nice uh, day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm struggling with a screen eating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's hard. Still not cool. Mm -hmm. It's a hard habit to break. And uh, and the other thing is just kind of paying attention. That's what I always struggle with. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, I love novelty and eating a good breakfast, a good snack, lunch, good snack and dinner is not very novel. Mm -hmm. So that's part of so. And I'm defiant, but I'm I used I. I get up every morning. Part of my intention is I say I cease fighting anything or anyone. Especially because, his wife. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And my wife. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because I have a tendency to look at everything as mm -hmm. a, 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 a fight. Yeah, it's painful. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and I'm trying not to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's, and, but, it took me after maybe six months saying that almost every day to realize, wait a minute, I should be on the list of fighting anyone because mm -hmm. what I'm some sense I'm fighting myself about this stuff. You know, that's a whole bread thing is just like David having a fight with himself. Mm -hmm. You know, there just happens to be another person in the room, but it's, it's my shit. I mean, like, mm -hmm. so, you know, so I totally relate to that. And, it's a hard, that's a hard thing to have it for me to, um, that's why I have to say it every day. So, and, and, and the end result is I don't, <laughs> I don't look as, as much as I used to as everything as a fight. So. Very nice. Uh, you know, there are coping mechanisms that you guys learn and strategies that help you manage uh, urges to binge eat and for sure having regular meals and snacks is one of them. I'd like to share one that I learned that just kind of taught myself and anything else you guys find that is helpful. So remember, I have a history of binge eating disorder and um, 
And one thing I would learn is when I get in the car and drive home from work, I'd notice my jaw was super tight and I was hungry too. It's dinner time. And, you know, I mean, I was stressed out and I was going to go home to kids and all these things. So I always kept an apple at the office. And what I would do with that apple is I'd slice it in really thin slices. And on my drive home, I'll put on some really nice music or something, a comedy um, radio or something like that. And I'll very slowly eat my my apple slices. And here's my theory. My theory is, is it, it lets me release some attention in my jaw. I get a little bit of glucose, fructose, kind of get some sugar in my in my system. And, um, and then my digestive system starts to go and that seems to reduce my sense of hunger. So that's just a little thing that I do. So when I walk in the door, I can get dinner made without eating a lot of it on, on my way to the table. Um, great, David, what are you finding are some things that help you to manage urges to binge eat? That's a really good question. The first thing that comes to my mind, I touched on a little bit earlier, and that's movement, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Move, move a muscle, move a thought. Um, so um, definitely the exercise helps me. You know, like I said, whether it be cardio or weights or both or whatever, those things help me a lot. And I know they're not food, you know, food hacks, but at the same time, um there are things that help help keep me moving. I um, learned to keep some dark chocolate chips in my freezer. And if I really want something sweet, I can try to eat them mindfully. But more than mm -hmm. anything else, it's being, being aware and making those little corrections. Because I too have the screen thing, but I'll recognize, um, usually I'll recognize I'm bringing my phone to the table. And for me, if there's someone else there, it's not only for my eating, but it's a distraction. So it's, I tell myself it's, you know, I'm not, I'm being rude. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. <clears throat> so that helps me quite a bit. Um, and then eating mindfully, some of the stuff that, you know, while you're here, Kelly, it's nice I get to talk in front of you instead of behind your back. But when I heard eat popcorn <laughs> mindfully, one at a time, how do you eat a popcorn kernel by itself, right? And so, mm -hmm. all right, so I cheat. I eat two or three, but I'm not shoveling. My hand's oh, not. Great. I'm watching. I'm being self, you know, I'm being aware. So my hand's not in the bowl while there's still a whole bunch in my cheeks, right? right. I'm not yeah. shoveling, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, really for me, the, the, that's more that's more a food hack than anything else. Um, the last one is I love those little tumbled baby carrots. They're, they're oh, crunchy. Uh -huh. They're sweet. Um, I can make a lot of noise with them <laughs> and, um, and I enjoy them. You know, they, they, they bring me some satisfaction on, they hit all those, they right. hit all those things for me. So, but not in place of a Miller snack, just oh, as, no, no. as, as a fun food. Right. Exactly. Very nice. Exactly. exactly. Very nice. Just pointing that yeah. out. I just want to, no, I knew you. that's what you meant. I just wanted to clarify for the person listening. Yeah. Gregorio? Uh, lately my thing is frozen grapes. Mm -hmm. That's my jam. Okay. And it's just, and part of it's finding like little stuff like that, that kind of like, oh, I can do that. Because mm -hmm. there, there's this, still this huge tendency to be like the calorie counter mm -hmm. and like, oh, I shouldn't eat that much salad dressing and, you know, all of that stuff. And it's just, you know, I'm, I guess I, I'm on starting my journey and, and David's a good guide. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I hate dark chocolate, so I'm gonna have to pass on that yeah, one. He's 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 an alien. Oh, that's not even that stuff's gross. <laughs> what is going on? You will with you? find your own Jeez. way, so, grasshopper. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> so, I'm asking okay. you two. This is the per you two are the perfect people to ask this question. Right. Um, so, can you, or rather, will you two talk about the relationship between binge eating disorder and other mental health conditions such as depression, anxiety, and substance abuse? Go. Mm -hmm. Okay. <sighs> oh, David. <laughs> oh, David. All right. So here's, here's, here's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, I have an addictive personality. It's pretty extreme. Uh, I don't have an off switch for certain things. And we talked a little earlier about abstinence and moderation. I got to eat, like Greg said. And so knowing who I am is an advantage. 
when I wake up in the morning and I set my intention, as Greg mentioned, when I write my little gratitude list, when I send my I love you texts out to the people that I really care about and I love that those. are close mm-hmm. to me, um, Greg, you're not getting those. <laughs> Sometimes. Anyway, Sometimes. when I do those things in the morning, no, you know, I say respectfully one, two, three before I pee. When I get up and I set my day that way, it it gives me an advantage, right? So I know that when I when when I was trying to find some redirections, numbing out, um, um, being impaired from because my feelings were more than I wanted to handle, um, I was seeking it in bags and bottles of things that weren't good for me. And when I stopped, <clears throat> excuse me. There were other things um, that took its place. And food, my mother told me I cried for the third jar of baby food. And the first time she told me that, I didn't know that was a lot. (laughs) But she said, you'd cry for the third jar of baby food. I knew it. I was like, I knew you knew. So I have that personality (laughs) and it can manifest in many other ways. Um, It can, uh, Greg mentioned sex. It can be spending money. It can be a lot of gambling. It can be a lot of different things. Some of them aren't attractive to me, but I have to watch for that. And so knowing that I have that, that's the person that I am. And food was is one of them. They talk about the mm-hmm. the little whack-a-mole game you see at the circus or or Chuck E. Cheese and you, you hit yeah. the thing and it pops up somewhere else. And that's really what an addiction is for me, right? So with other people, you know, and anybody who's watching and, and, and paying attention to this, it may not be drugs and alcohol. It may not be gambling. It may not be sex. It could be all of the above. Right. So, but, mm-hmm. but for me, I had to, I had have to always be careful. And, um, and if I maintain that balanced day, um, I, I put in another good day. How about you, Greg? You know, um, that I, at some sense, um, uh, I think it's a lot easier to have those other things, right? Because like I'm I'm a professional quitter. I can, you know, I can quit something, but moderation that's not my jam. So, uh, I'm not taking anything away from any of those people that have those type of addictions. You know, I suffered from that when I was much younger too. So I I get it. Um, and I guess the similarity is is there's a it's a it's a more of a, a soul thing than a physical thing. It's the hole in your soul that you're trying to fill up. And um, so food was, I got sober really, really young. And, and I, so you, once you don't, once you stopped, you stop. You don't get a chance to start again. That's the deal. But using food is is kind of a, a stress reliever, all those different things that you justifications you have. So, um, but the other hand is like said at the beginning, you got to eat. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a demon that you want. Well, that's even a negative connotation. It's something that you need to learn to individually master for yourself, whatever that's going to be. And a lot of it is just a lot of acceptance, and and they talk about and program almost the first thing is like acceptance is the key. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of have to accept where where you're at, and not uh, not hate yourself for it. It's just where you're at, and uh, and just try to work through being. And it's and trust me, it's very. I'm a, <laughs> I have great difficulty parenting myself, and. And showing showing compassion and love that I would show to anybody else, but to myself, I, I have to practice on that. So, and that that's part of like making sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're eating right, you're getting exercise, all those things that we know do do. And 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 getting to the point, your personal internal justifications that that they don't you need to have those not work for you anymore. You know, or, or at least identify I'm like, hey, just I'm just <laughs> who are we kidding? I'm just justifying it, you know, and and just little things like like the popcorn thing, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, just keeping a little stash in your fridge and just and and change your behaviors where that stuff is OK, that you can you can be uh, satisfied with that. And it's 
none of this is, it, it just takes time. And it seems really easy, but it ain't that easy. Yeah. You know, the other thing, Greg, you know, as you're talking about those years of, of dieting mm -hmm. that people have, you know, really, it really affects their metabolism over time. And they literally can't eat as much as before. And they, their, their metabolic rate goes down. And so the way to kind of overcome that is to, over time, just regulate meals, have regular meals, increase movement, um, and all that can kind of get reset. Uh, I think that's very important that people people understand that. Yeah, but, but I think but you have to be realistic about the time it takes because it didn't take you a, right. a day to get there right. or a month to get there or a decade mm -hmm. to get there. It took quite a long time, mm -hmm. so you should expect a portion of that right. to be in the resetting of it. But this, at the end of the day, it goes back to what you guys are saying, which is and which is making sure that um, you that we eat when we're hungry and we stop when we're full and figure out what real fullness is and kind of learning that, but uh, making sure you don't undereat. So thank you both for coming on. And do you have anything you guys, what would you say to somebody out there struggling who's shamed about their relationship with food, what would you guys tell them to do? Greg? Uh, I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> trust me, the world beats up on you enough. Maybe you shouldn't beat up on yourself. Okay. Just saying. I had, I, you know, and I it's had like, the same thought. Be gentle what? with your – that was yeah. my yeah. immediate thought. Be gentle. Be kind to yourself. Treat yourself the way you would be you know, good to somebody else. Put yourself first. Yeah. You know, before we go, I think one of the most important things that people, you know, a lot of people don't realize growing up or they didn't learn was to uh, take care of themselves and, you know, learn to have regular meals or they're told they're not supposed to have regular meals. I have horrible stories of people, you know, just not being underfed as children because they were told that they were chunky. And so, you know, they, they developed this obsession with bread or sweets. You know, I, I see that all the time. I see we... I have somebody I know going through it right now where, you know, they are having sweets. It's a child who's having sweets and bread and those kinds of carbohydrates basically withheld. The adults think that they're helping and they don't realize that they're setting that child up for an eating disorder um, rather than just normalizing it. Um, I think a great thing to do if you have kids and you're worried about them, they're eating a lot, is to simply go slow with meals, turn off the screen, learn about intuitive eating, slow yourself down. Make sure you as a parent are eating regular meals, having snacks, eating at a table without a screen, and then not, not um, demonizing any foods. The only requirement I had of my children with eating is what I learned from an occupational, a pediatric occupational therapist friend, is I would tell them, just make sure you eat your growing food before you have your fun food. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. so eat your growing food before you have your fun food. Not good food, bad food, just food is for different kinds of things. So that was important. And, when, and then that mystery of salty foods versus sweet foods, we've talked about this, David. Remember those sweet kind of bakery items, candies, cookies, things like that. Those are actually the mother foods. They hit that, that part of our brain for mothering, for comfort, for soothing. And the interesting thing about the salty, crunchy foods, Ralph Carlson did this study, or at least he talked about this study. That's where I heard of him, heard this. He's a, he's a very well-known um, dietitian in, the, in our field. Um, those hit the party fun part of the brain. And so really make us like, woohoo. Um, that's also talked about in the book, um, Am I Hungry? So these are really very true things. So it's important to understand if you're craving something salty, crunchy, are you looking for some fun? Are you bored? If you want something sweet and creamy, do you need to mother yourself a little? Go get a hug from somebody. Um, take a shower and listen to some relaxing music. You know, asking yourself, what are better ways to take care of myself? So that is what I have. And gentlemen. I have one more thing. Thank you. Yes, sir. First of all, I love woohoo. Woohoo is one of my favorite. Um, okay. but the last thing, the thing I'd like to close with is Seek professional help. That's my advice. Mm -hmm. Free advice from me. Mm -hmm. um, if you need to see a doctor, you go to see a doctor. If you need help with your taxes, you go to a professional okay. CPA or whomever. You, you need some legal help, you go to a lawyer. Seek professional help. 
You know, the, yes. it's so important. I know after the pandemic, people have seemed to be in our culture more receptive to that. And if I if I didn't have it, I'm not sure <clears throat> that I would have received it at all. There are some 12-step programs out there, and there's some good programs that you can get help with. Yes, EDA. Yeah, like ED, eating, eating disorders. disorders and all mm-hmm. But seek professional help. Find yourself a good uh, professional mm-hmm. um, or an eating disorders, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. therapist um, or um, outpatient service and, and get that help that you've you've earned. I don't know if you deserve it, but you earned it. The only <laughs> anonymous meeting I would say to stay away from is F.A., that anonymous because that is quite shaming and it is really very much about trying to control food, uh, which makes these diseases worse. Okay. So sorry, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail about that, oh, well. but uh, that's all right. Okay. I'm used to being hated. Uh, <laughs> so thank you both for coming on. Thank you. And David, thank you. Thank you. I love you both. Love you too. Well, thanks, David. Good seeing you, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Caveman and Counselor, where we bring you a unique blend of professional insights and practical perspectives on behavioral health. If you like what you heard, please don't hesitate to share this episode with others. And don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date on future episodes. And hey, for those who'd like to support our work, we have a Patreon page where you can make a donation and gain access to exclusive content. Thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, take care of your mental health.